those of you who have ever lived with or cared about someone who has an addiction are really going to relate to what I'm talking about. You catch them 100% red-handed doing something that they know they're not supposed to be doing. And five seconds later, they do some sort of like ninja mind trick manipulation. And the next thing you know, you walk away feeling guilty and, and feeling like you're the person in the wrong. What the heck happens? Now, those of you who have been watching me for a while, you guys know I have a lot of videos on here about different manipulation tactics and sort of how they work and what's going on behind them and how to respond to them. But the one that we're going to talk about today is actually sort of a combination. I like to think of it like if you were in a fight, it would be like a combination, like left punch, right punch, chicken to growing or something like that. And it happens so fast that it like leaves your head spinning. What we're going to talk about today is actually called, it's got a name. Most of the time I just like give these tactics names that I made up, but this one actually has a name, a clinical one, and it's called DARVO, D-A-R-V-O. And it stands for um, deny, oh, I got to look at my nose here. Whoops, I had it in my head and then I started talking about, oh, it's deny, attack, and then reverse the victim and the offender. So it, it's like step one, two, three, four really fast um and that's what i mean when i say like left punch right punch kick and and usually it sort of happens in that sequence and it goes like super quick it can happen in a matter of seconds and when it's happening to you it's very difficult to think and the next thing you know you're on the defensive because it's like you just got like a verbal punch and then you start like punching back or trying to defend yourself or something like that and when you do that it only ever really makes it worse and you guys know on this channel, we are all about helping you stay five steps ahead of addiction at all times. So I want you to understand exactly what this combo move is, what's happening, why it's happening. I'm going to give you several really good real life examples of it. And then we're going to talk about what to do when you find yourself getting darvoed. Okay. All right. Now, if you've heard of this term, well, first of all, give me like a hand emoji in the little, um, comment section if you've heard of darvo before that way i'll know is this like a brand new concept or something you maybe know a little bit about already so if you do know about darvo you've probably learned about it or heard about it in context of um, narcissistic personality disorder or maybe even in the context of um, like domestic violence and abuse or something like that it's most closely associated these days with narcissistic personality disorder and it's true that yes this is a tactic that people with narcissism will use very very regularly but it is also a tactic that people with substance abuse problems use all the time there is a difference um, in what's happening here though when when um, a substance user or substance abuser is using this tactic it really is just deflection and i know it's sort of deflection and narcissistic personality sort of but but really it's not so much about trying to control you it's more just throwing you off the scent and and one of the big differences is you're mostly when you're dealing with an addict and you see this behavior because i know sometimes it can be hard to sort of separate is it just addiction is it just narcissism is it a big mix of both 
when it's addiction, you're going to see this maneuver mostly when you back the person into a corner or you call them out on something. So they're not necessarily using this on you all the time. They're not necessarily trying to um, control you as much as they are just trying to like throw you off most of the time when you see this. Now, if you're dealing with an addict and they use this like all the time, even not related to that, then it may be one of those situations where you have like a combo of both things happening. But mostly with addiction, it's about they're, they're kind of like fine as long as you let them fly under the radar and you don't call out the things. They don't necessarily need like your hero worship or anything. They just want to be left alone so they can do their own thing. Whereas a narcissist wants your constant attention all the time. Someone with an addiction probably doesn't really want your constant attention all the time. They may want your self-pity sometimes because they know if you feel sorry for them, you won't call them out. But they don't really want the attention because they want you to leave them alone so they can kind of like continue this secret life or whatever's going on over here. That's the difference. Because I know a lot of you are going to be wondering and it's sort of a big topic out there, narcissism. So this is a defense maneuver regardless of who's doing it. And if you stop and think about it and you get really honest, it's not all that uncommon or different. And we've all probably done this on some level or another and if you haven't done it as an adult, you've definitely done it as a kid, okay? <laughs> Sometimes when you get called out for something, your, like, immediate response is to say, no, I didn't. Like, have you ever had that and you, like, literally said it before you could even think? And then, then all of a sudden, like, you're backed into a corner? A lot of it, you know, if you have an impulse like that, it's sort of an instinct. kind of like in that fight or flight realm. And you might just immediately deny. Now, a lot of us were like, okay, yeah, I did that or whatever, even though we maybe immediately deny. But... The, the difference in some of this is when it's addiction, it can get nastier and meaner. And it's like really big spikes that come out. And so I want to give you some specific examples of how DARVO looks when you're dealing with an addiction. Because some of you who've heard of this before maybe only know it in the context of like narcissism or something. So let's say, you know, a classic example would be like something like, you find their stash, their alcohol, their drug, their paraphernalia, whatever it is, right? And so you say, hey, I know you ha I know you drank yesterday because I found your stash. Whatever it is, you call them out because you found it. And then they say, that's old. That's been there. Like, you're, you're crazy. And why are you being so paranoid? Like, holy crap, I feel like I'm living in a police state. You see that? So first it's denial. That's old, right? And then it's turn, attack, and it's and the way they attack is to sort of turn it on you and make you be the villain and you be the bad guy, which is why we work so hard on this channel to teach you how to not let them put you in the bad guy role. And this is one of those situations where you find yourself in the bad guy role. It's like, what, what just happened? And it literally happens within three seconds. So you're like, holy crap, what? And then next thing you know, you're defending yourself. So like when they say to you, you're so paranoid, you know, this is like a police state, immediately you're gonna want to say look I wasn't even looking for it like I literally fell out of your pocket I was washing your jeans or whatever you're gonna want to explain yourself and that's that's not a good idea here we're gonna get to what to do but it's a natural response but you've got to remember that one of the one of the MOs here with someone's addiction is they want you to act crazy and get riled up because when you do that that deflects off of what's going on so you got to really not only does it not work, so you need to not do that, but you need to resist that urge because not, not going to work, but they're going to use it against you. So let's not do that, okay? 
here's another example. If you're wondering where I'm looking, it's because I wrote all these examples down for you. Um, let's say your um, loved one misses their um, therapy appointment or something like that, and you find out about it because maybe like the office called and they said, hey, where's Christopher? He didn't show up or whatever, you know? And then you say, and then they might say something like, I didn't even know I had an appointment. Like what? You didn't even, you didn't even tell me I had an appointment. How's I supposed to know? And you know what? Why is that all you ever care about? That is all you ever talk about. Did you take your medicine? Did you go to your appointment? Is that all that ever matters? You know what? You're the freaking crazy one. You're the one needs to go to the appointment anyway. That is Darvo. Now, as I'm going through these examples, give me a little emoji in the comments or chats if you if you're like picking up what I'm putting down. I like to send to me. It's like when you talk to people in real life, you can kind of get some um, nonverbal or nonverbals coming at you, like head shaking. So it's just nice when I know you guys are following along. You're like, "Oh, amen, sister. I've done saying that." You know, it lets me know that I'm on track. I'm explaining it right. Let's say another example might be um, you're missing fifty bucks out your wallet, right? <clears throat> so it's missing. Maybe maybe it's money missing out of your wallet. Maybe it's money missing out of like your joint account or something. If it's your spouse or something like that. So, um, if, let's say you say, hey, like, um, missing $50, like, did you take that $50 or something like that? And then they may say something like, um, what are you even talking about? I don't even know where your wallet is. Why do you always think it's me? It doesn't matter what happens. Any little thing goes wrong and it's my fault. You know what? Maybe, maybe, just maybe it was your golden child Susie over there. Did you ever stop to think about it? It's not always me. Did you like that? It was pretty good, right? Just ninja tactic. <laughs> and it's like that, you know, combination of different manipulation skills used in a very fast sort of sequential order. And then the next thing you know, you're feeling bad and you start feeling like, we love you the same as Susie or whatever. And then you just want to go into all that. Don't do it. It's a mistake, right? I just want you to know what these look like. <clears throat> all right. I got some more things. Look at all these notes like that. Do lot. <clears throat> Let's say um, maybe your loved one, they just came home from treatment and part of their aftercare plan was they agreed to go to IOP or they agreed to go, that's intensive outpatient, if you haven't heard of that, or they agreed to go to like 90 minutes, 90 days, like a 12-step thing or something like that. And um, you know that they didn't go. In fact, you know that they actually told you they were going to go and actually what happened was they went over to their buddy's house or whatever and was probably being sketchy so you call them out and say hey like i know you didn't go to your meeting and then you might get something like they told me i don't even need to go to those meetings i mean they don't even help me in fact they're actually making things worse why are you always trying to control my recovery it is my recovery and you need to focus on you you're the one that needs to go to a meeting now that one's gonna hit home for some of you and some of you might be like well it's kind of true and there is some truth you shouldn't try to control someone's recovery okay so there's a little there's always a little truth in what they throw at you which is why it's so hard to like i call it not bite the fish hook <laughs> because it hits like a sore spot with you. Yes, it's true. You shouldn't try to control someone's um, recovery. And I don't really suggest you be driving by to make sure their car's there or micromanaging it. But 
if it if in this example this person has said hey this is what i plan to do and th that was their plan that they came up with that they said this is what i'm going to do and you're just saying hey are you doing that or i know you didn't do that for accountability or something and then they throw it back on you that is a manipulation tactic now if they feel like you're micromanaging their recovery and they want to sit down and have a conversation with you about it and say hey i'm feeling a little smothered you know can we talk about this can we get a boundary that's healthy it's all cool like it's not it's not that it's not okay to ever bring up something that you did wrong. It's just that, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, but it's not okay to bring it up and throw it in your face as a weapon to get themselves out of the current trouble that they're in. It's kind of like, it reminds me of when you're a kid and you, know, and you get in trouble, you're like, well, Heather, my sister, she did it too, she did it first. You know, it's just this immediate like, well, but they did it or whatever. You know, you did a bad thing too. And so that's why in this case, it's a manipulation tactic, not just like, drawing a healthy boundary about your recovery it's about how it was brought up when it was brought up you know the tone language all that kind of stuff it goes into the into the mix another example uh, which is a common one that a lot of our family members face is like let's say your um, loved one just arrived home they drove themselves home and you know that they're intoxicated maybe they smell like weed or they you smell alcohol in their breath or something like that and you say um you call them out on it you say like have you been drinking? Because you can smell it or whatever. Or you can see it in their people's. They look funny or whatever. And then they say something like, oh my God, I had one drink like three hours ago. You act like I'm falling down drunk. You are so ridiculous. Like, is it your full-time job to just run around and try to catch me doing something wrong? Like, does that make you happy? Do you like that? It's a quick ninja move that happens so fast. Now, are you guys relating to these examples? Um, I'll, in a minute, when we get over um, where we take some questions and comments, I want to hear your examples. Because um, I know these are just a few that I came up with when I was just thinking through it, and they just came to my head like immediately quick because they're like classic ones, you know. But I bet you guys have some good ones too. Now, let's move into uh, responses. So you're like, yeah, Amber, are you sending me the amen? Yes, that happens to me. Now you want to know, what to do about it the the first thing you want to the first thing you want to do is is sort of be more like proactive to it and the best way to avoid this is not not calling them out because i do even though you guys know i'm all about positive reinforcement i don't think you should be stupid i don't think you should completely turn a blind eye all the time and i think it's completely appropriate to call someone out especially if it's like the driving intoxicator or something you know like you have to do that. So when you're going to do that, what I think works best, and this doesn't work 100%, but it works best, is if you can um, just say what you know. Don't ask, the, don't ask a question. Don't say, did you go to your meeting? Don't say, have you been drinking? Don't say, did you steal the money from my wallet? Just say the facts that you know. Because if you say, did you, you're just going to get an automatic lie. I mean, don't I mean, it's just like an immediate response and then you're gonna be even madder so don't do it so don't ask a question just say hey i noticed this and then keep your little self walking don't stand there and wait for a response don't go back and forth about it because when you do that you're just leaving room for all of this stuff and sometimes what the person needs is they need to know that you know but but you need to give them a little space to like absorb it so that they can 
respond or react more maturely or effectively because it's just immediately when you get called out and and we're all like this to some degree right if we're called out we're just immediately defensive and this is why they're doing that i'm not saying it's okay or making excuse for it. i'm just trying to tell you how to like avoid hitting that tripwire which is always the best tactic whenever possible is don't hit the tripwire but that doesn't mean you're walking around eggshells so call it out but just say what you know and just move on and just let it simmer let it sit in the crock pot let them decide what they're going to do with that now if that doesn't work if you can't just sort of say it and move on or whatever because sometimes you can't then and they start and you start getting the darvo you know you're the left the right punches coming right at you then what i want you to do is i want you to work really hard to resist biting whatever it is they're attacking you about because they know where your sore spots are. You know, they're going to say, you're just like your mother or whatever. They, they're going to know whatever your, your thing is. And they're going to hit that. And then you're going to want to defend that. And I want you to just totally, when you know that it's Starvo, you're not even going to, you're just going to be like, whatever. Here comes the right hand. And when you know it's coming, you can just, if you think about like karate or something, you just like dodge those punches or whatever because you know it's coming. Whatever. So when that happens, I want you to not bite the hook that they're going to throw at you. I don't want you to bite the, well, Susie's the golden child fish hook. I don't want you to bite the, you know, you're just like your mother thing or you're trying to control me thing. What I want you to do is, first, I want you to make a process comment. And what that means is I want you to comment on the interaction that just happened right there between the two of you, the dynamic that just happened versus what they're saying. Because what they're saying is just a deflection. And so a, a process comment might look something like, obviously, you know, this is a, you know, obviously this is a sensitive topic. Maybe we should give it some space and come back to it. So you're, you're commenting on what's happening. You can say, uh, it feels like you're turning that around on me or like you're, you're biting me about that when I'm just asking you. So you, you're acknowledging and you're calling out what's happening because sometimes this happens so fast sometimes a person just does it and they don't even they don't even realize they're doing it like it happens fast for them too so calling it out brings their attention to it and if they're in a reasonable and rational enough state they might can like calm down at that point but even if even if that doesn't work it's like when you call out exactly what's happening you just like took the air out of it so the tactic doesn't work anyway it's just literally like you're just going to dodge the punch and then it doesn't work when you when you know what's happening and you say hey like why are you making this about me this isn't about me and say well, you know what's going on or say i feel like you're getting all angry as a way to like deflate this conversation and throw me off or something like that the if that doesn't work and they persist at coming at you with well you did this and you did that and especially if whatever they're throwing at you is like something that you feel like there is a little truth in it and maybe it is they you know a lot of times people bring up something you did from childhood or whatever you know you never took me to dance class whatever it was and you maybe you do feel bad about it or whatever you know um what i want you to do at that point is it's okay to acknowledge that that's an issue or maybe something that you need to work on or maybe something you did that you regretted and you can acknowledge that but then get right back on track and so what you can say is you know what, you're right, like, I might be hypersensitive to this, or I might be over-controlling or overlooking, and I am willing to look at that and talk about it. Um, I don't want to avoid that at all, but right now, 
this is the topic of the conversation. And that's just another way. It's like another version of process comment of call out what is happening here. And so you're, you're going to acknowledge if, if there's really something there to be acknowledged, you're right. You know, that is something I, I made a mistake on or I wish I wouldn't have done it. And we can talk about that. But right now, let's finish this discussion. And that, that brings it um, back into focus. And I've seen this happen in family sessions so many times. And it's usually my client that does it. And I've seen it happen a lot, too, with like kids and parents and stuff like that, even in session in front of the, the counselor. I've even um, seen it happen when like the family's not even in the room and maybe the client is upset about um, something and they did something wrong. And so they're busted and then they're mad at work because they're busted or whatever. And I'll even have to say, look, I know you're right. And I know you're fussing about that thing your mama did when you were 12. And, and I think you're right. I think we do need to talk about that. And we probably need to have her in here. We need to have some family sessions about it. But right now we're talking about this. And so even in a session without the family there, I'll sometimes have to like call it back. And it's okay to give it validity, but then redirect back onto like the topic at hand. And then lastly, I want you to just follow through. If if there's any boundaries or you said you were going to do something or not do something, whatever, if you've put that out there, which there doesn't always have to be. But if there is, like if you said, if this happens and I'm going to do this, then you just need to do it. You don't need to explain why you're doing it. You don't need to like try to convince them to see your side because when you're doing that, you're going to you're going to inadvertently be overstepping their boundaries and mostly you're just going to be fueling the argument. So don't do that. Just follow through with what your plan is. If if there was such a plan around whatever the thing was, then there doesn't need to be a plan around every little thing that the person does. There really doesn't because that's just going to exhaust you. It's a lot of rules you have to queue up with and you don't want to do that. So I say make as few rules as possible so you can make a game time decision. But but like, like for example, if, if the issue was like your spouse came home and they were intoxicated and they were driving the kid in the car, that's the thing, right? That's the thing we got to deal with. And so whatever you've decided that boundary was in your head, then you need to sort of move forward with putting that in place. Like from now on, I'm going to pick them up, you know, take them soccer practice or whatever. Or, you know, you know, I'm not comfortable with you driving our kids unless you have like that, like breathalyzer thing in your car or whatever. So whatever the boundary is that you thought about and decided on. <clears throat> so we're just about to get to that part where we want to take your questions and comments. And what I would really love is I would love to get some examples from you of this specific thing. You've watched it happen to someone else. It's happened to you. Or maybe even you've done it and you want to say, oh, yeah, I used to do that to my mama all the time. And, he, and this is your way of like confessing out, making amends, or helping somebody else's mom or whatever. Um, I, I'd love to hear your examples about that. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the link up to join us. Now, the past time I've done this, we've sort of picked one person and we've dug into their story a little bit. But what I think I'm going to do is I'm just going to put the link up. And if there are several of you that want to hop on here and share, we won't stay on it long but we'll we'll get a bunch of examples from a bunch of people or however many people that want to share that so i'm going to put that link up here and if there's no one that wants to come on live y'all know i always say i understand that you don't always want to put your business out there i totally get it but i'm putting the link in the chat right now and if you're watching this on the playback um you can't join us because you're not live with us but if you um ever want to we usually do this on our lives which are every thursday at one 
So the link should be coming up there. You should see it posted there. And um, in the in the meantime, I will tell you, as I always tell you, <clears throat> there are always um, more descriptions in, I mean, more resources in the description. If you need um, a consultation, more specific advice about your situation, if you're interested in our online courses, there are lots of other things and there are even lots of other resources besides us um, in the description because I know we can't fix everything with one YouTube video and it's deeper than that and it's complicated and I totally respect that and give it. I do try to tell you everything I know that is general enough that pretty much fits for almost everyone. I try to put it right here on the YouTube so everyone can have access to it. <clears throat> but there are little nuances to everyone's situation and sometimes we need a little help like custom fitting that plan to our situation or like am I doing this right or should I have said this or how should I deal with this on this is happening those kind of things we need a little more help all that's in the description all right so we will take a few questions and then if anybody wants to join us we'll have you on here and maybe we'll get some good examples of some Darvo um Nadia says you didn't see the link I'll put it up here again for you just in case it's like, um, it says StreamYard because that's the software I use. So it's like HTTPS slash slash StreamYard is what it looks like. All right. Let's see who we got with us. Let's say hello. Thank you guys for joining me live. I really appreciate that. Hey, Amy and Vicky and Nadia. Um, let's see here. Oh, we have two Amys. Another Amy on here. Powder River, which is Crystal. Hey, glad you're here. And Tobias, I think that's the first time I've seen your name, Tobias. I'm glad you're joining us. Thank you. Thank you for the comment. Um, Amy says, I'm so confused if my loved one is a narcissist first and then an addict. His behavior is so much like a narcissist. It really is, can be kind of confusing. And actually, I was thinking about um, just today, I made a little some notes about making a short on this. But one of the big differences, just to give you a quick answer, is most of those narcissistic behaviors that you see from addiction, they're centered specifically around the addiction. Like they may do things that take advantage of other people and seem like they don't have empathy when it comes to fueling that addiction, but you don't see that lack of empathy in other areas of life. Um, you don't see all those manipulation tactics across the board. You usually specifically see them related to maintaining that addiction in some way, which is like, throwing you off or making you feel sorry for them or making you feel like it's your fault. You'll see those same manipulation tactics, but the purpose is different. And another big difference is, um, I think I said this one, but narcissists want your attention all the time and addicts and alcoholics don't. So most of the time when they're doing these tactics, it's really to sort of push you away and deflect you off and make you shut up and go away, not to like make you look at them more. It's, so it's, same behavior, but different intent and reason. And it is important to figure out the difference because one of these things is more fixable than the other. And that one is addiction. Addiction is more fixable. So thank you. So Scarlett, it was me, not you. So we'll get you back on here. Hey, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Do you have an example of the Darvo technique or a question or something else you wanted to share? No, I'm kind of new here. Just kind of feeling it all out and okay. seeing, seeing where I fit in. Okay. Is there any is there anything that we can answer for you or anything that you need specifically? Uh, I'm dealing with a serial cheater who's addicted to the thrill. So just trying to see. Oh, cheat, like addicted, like addicted to cheating is what is what you're saying? 
Yeah. Okay. We actually, I just made a, a like a four part series on love addiction and it's coming out in February. I made it because February's Valentine, so I made it specifically. So keep your eye out, Peggy, because it's coming in. We talk specifically about that and I hope that it's helpful for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Scarlett, we're going to try again. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. My 45-year-old son uh, is uh, going through a divorce with um, a narcissistic female. And uh, he just signed over everything, the house, everything, and just up and left. Uh, but he is so depressed and he does nothing but sit here and drink. The other day, he had a job interview. Uh, he obviously had a couple of, I'm going to say, fireball shots, those little bitty shots, mm -hmm. on the way to his job interview. Mm -hmm. Well, they smelled it on him. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, they didn't hire him. He come home and was telling me, because he's staying here with me. Like I said, I'm 72. He's standing here with me, and and uh, he's, I swear, Mom, I didn't have anything to drink. And I'm like, I know you're lying. I mean, I could tell he was lying. I could tell not only by his eyes, because they were bloodshot and red, but the way he was even talking. Right, it's I, like super obvious or whatever. Yeah. 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 At, but he continues trying to, and make me think that, no, it, no, he didn't do that. He was, you know, yeah, I had a little bit, I had a six-pack at night before. I'm like, Jeremy, you know, that doesn't, no. No, no that, that's not working on me. Yeah, no. try again. That's what I was getting. So how, I, I'm just, I'm just at my wit's end. How long has this, like, separation or divorce been in process or happening? Six months. Six months. Here's what I would say. I have, obviously, I don't know him at all. I definitely don't know his wife. But here's what I would say. I don't know if she's a narcissist. I don't know any of the story. But what I would say is he he's probably is drinking more to deal with that, the, you know, the divorce or whatever. But right. the fact that he's drinking on the way to an interview tells me this problem did not start six months ago. No. So it tells me he had a dream problem while that relationship was going on, which is probably at least part of the contributor of what happened in that relationship. Exactly. And just like he did you and he tries to make you think you're crazy and then you get irritated. You could have, I don't know how long he's married, but you could imagine what the wife did. And she could have acted crazy. Maybe she's a narcissist. Maybe she acted like a narcissist in response to that behavior. So like I said, I don't know if she was a narcissist, but I can tell from what you're describing to me that this alcohol problem's gone on for a while. And so you got to be really careful. It's it's easy because people have alcohol or addiction issues. They'll try to split you against the other people in their life, especially the other people that know maybe some truth about it that you don't know. They try to keep you apart. So. It's like you want to you wanna work hard to have empathy for him for going through a divorce or separation regardless of why because that's hard on anyone. So you definitely want to have empathy for him. But you also don't want to let that be an excuse. Right. Right. And that's going to be the hard line where you have to really like balance it out. So, so, you know, I even told him, I said, well, do you need help getting off of alcohol? I mean, I, I'll... You know, I'll take you to rehab. I'll, I'll do whatever, you know. It's like, no, mom, you know, I'm okay, you know. 
but he's not okay. Right. So you need to sort of back up because you're, and this is common, you're skipping steps, right? You're dealing with someone who says, you're crazy, I don't have a problem at all. Like right. completely, I didn't even drink. And you're saying, do you need help? So y'all are on 2,000 miles different pages apart, right? Like he's at the beginning of the book and you're at the end of the book. And you need to back up to the beginning of the book and work on some of the techniques for helping someone come out of denial before you ever try to sort of say, do you need treatment? Because when you're always saying, do you need treatment? Or maybe you should talk to a counselor or something. They get irritated with you saying that and they feel like you say that for everything. So you, you want to save that for when the windows open and you kind of like need to go backtrack a few steps and start with techniques on how to get someone to see that it that it is a problem and there's like there's a um there's playlist on the youtube channel which is totally free um that you've got playlist on um, how to get someone out of denial there's a playlist on how to influence someone to get sober and if you want to go full course into it then you can look at our like online invisible intervention program which is like the laid out step by step how do you sort of train and move them along the stages of change so but that was a perfect example you were right on with the darvo sort of the gaslighting thing the ninja gaslighting what like that was like last night i mean it's pretty classic right (laughs) i bet a lot of you had that one that scarlet's describing all right thank you for joining us i appreciate it all right bye-bye i think we have bridget hello thanks for joining us hey can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I think it was me that was causing the problems before. <laughs> uh, so do you have an example for us or a question or something like that? Um, well, I mean, like, I have plenty of examples, but okay. I, I mean, it happens often. I'm you sure. could write a book. Yeah. <laughs> and I do want to point out, like, I know that from our, like, the, the loved one's side, it definitely... We do that too more than that's like a lot of I'm us. I'm really real. glad that you said that. Yeah, like 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 if they catch you snooping or sneaking or doing something, and then it's easy. It's easy to like, get in that. Yeah, it's even we just. I, I feel like I ask like a lot of people that like I talk to that gone through similar things. Like it's really easy for us to get on the defense and feel even more justified. I feel like in a way because we're kind of like like how dare they say anything to us like we're not the right. they do you know like whatever so like that's really easy to fall into and i've i've definitely realized that not that like that's how i'm always thinking but like if he he said something to me like and that's kind of happened yeah. recently a lot which i've i've tried to not even react because i've, I've done that i've done the reacting and it doesn't work it right he does if you can get to the point where you're not fighting at what they're putting out, like you really, the more you do it, every time you feel a little bit more empowered and like, and eventually you train them not to sort of come at you that way. So yeah, it doesn't work. I love, I feel like that was just so insightful what you said. I love what you said about like the family member can do that too. In fact, I've done that. I'm glad that you said that because that's a big piece of what uh, I want you guys to see. When you hear about Darvo, you hear about it in context of like horrible, mean, terrible people, okay? And that happens. But it's a pretty common defensive strategy that we can even do ourselves without knowing. And what you said about when we feel hurt, we feel vindicated and justified to say a bunch of mean things to the other person. And that was dead on. 
Yeah, perfect. You couldn't have said it better. You were, you had, you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest thing, I just wanted to ask for some advice on like, because I've been, I've been trying, like for one, I've tried to like, if he does say something to me, even if I feel like that defense in me creeping up, like I've, I've gotten, I cannot react. Like I can do that and calm myself. The biggest thing that's like hard is like, if I say something to him, try to address something and he's doing, you know, he's trying to like deflect or whatever. If I try to say like, you know, like we, like, I understand what you're saying. Like, we can talk about that. We can have that conversation, but like first let's, let's have this conversation. I've tried like many times and I feel like, I mean, I don't know, maybe I just need to keep trying. Maybe like I, I expected him not to be like receptive at first for sure. You know, like he doesn't, the process comment doesn't. Yeah. Like if, if I'm that, he's just, he'll just kind of like stop and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like he'll just treat me like I'm like just trying to be like a, a smart aleck to him or something. Or like, he'll treat me like I'm like, whatever. He'll be like, oh no, well, this is what I'm bringing up is is exactly what you're talking about too or something like like even if I'm like again like okay well we can talk about that then but first like can we like address what I brought up yeah no and I think I mean I don't when someone's in that emotional state it's hard to get them out of it right because they're not in their reasonable mind so one thing you might I don't know that this would work but you might could have a conversation not during one of these times not when something's happened and you need to talk about something serious you could like back up and in like a neutral time, ask him what would be the best way to bring up something to him. Because you, you really don't want to put him on the defensive. And you can say, I'm even trying to like really work on how I respond to you. And I don't want to back you into a corner. I don't want to start a fight. What's the best way for me to do that? And then have him tell you yeah. the best way for you to do that. Because then when you do that, it forces him to take more ownership over, well, I'm doing it the way you told me to do it. You know, you know, so he might say something like, well, just... Like, give me some time to think about it. Or he might say, like, okay, you can talk to me, but don't be saying something to me all day long. Like, you know, one thing or, you know, not right before I go to bed or I just wake up. He may give you some kind of something. And that empowers him to have some control over it. But it also, I think, puts some responsibility on him. If you're saying, okay, you made the rules and I'm playing by the rules. And now, then it kind of, like, really highlights the dynamic there, doesn't it? Yeah. So, like. Just to clarify before you get off, like, okay, because I feel like I always, I'm, I am bad about that. Like, I want to, like, not talk about things, like, when we're, when, like, emotions are high and stuff, but then, like, so I won't, but then once emotions are calmed down, it's like, oh, I, I can't bring this up because then you don't want to ruin it because it's high, like, whatever, even if we're, it's not like we're, like, just happy, I, it's just, like, that does something that makes me feel like I don't know it just makes me anxious just thinking about trying to talk to him about it like and I'm and I know it's gonna like or I feel like it's gonna automatically as soon as I say anything put him on the defense and like mm -hmm. so like but you like so if I like was to sit down with him I know this is so hard for you to answer because you've never met either of us <laughs> uh, but like you, you feel like I guess I always try to um, I don't know. I'm kind of in the role where I'm, I try to like avoid even like asking him like questions about like, like I'm not asking him like if he's using or like what he's doing or whatever, but I 
do like I don't want to just completely always turn a blind eye and like I don't want to um like I I feel like there are a lot of necessary or a lot of times where like I should have kind of just let him know like I know and like whatever but like if I was to sit down with him and just say like like how do you feel like I should like if you do come home and you haven't told me that you've done anything and I can tell like you're obviously high or like whatever like like how how do you feel like I should respond like is that what you're saying I should ask him like so you're, you're giving him some say in like the ground rules of maybe how each of you bring up a concern a topic a question or whatever so you're you're sort of empowering him um another thing I think you can do is you can even say you can couch it with the I'm probably being crazy and paranoid but you know here's the story I'm telling myself tell myself that you've been out drinking or whatever it is you know and you can even couch it in I could be wrong but here's what I'm thinking which is another way to try to sidestep the button um but it's not always effective one thing another thing I've seen our couples counselor Kim do with couples is um have them set up literally like either a once a day or a once a week time where they talk about it like couples meeting or whatever like we had a couple we dealt with and they called it like coffee time or whatever and it was a time that had a limit on it you know 30 minutes you know one hour some probably not even an hour like less than that where this is the time where we it doesn't even have to be bring up grievances it can be touch base figure out what the plan is get on track about like bills or who's going where or schedule anything but this is the time when we bring it up. If if either one of us has a concern or whatever, that's the time to do it. And it it's nice because then the other person doesn't, neither one of you have to feel like it could come at you at any time because it's contained, unless it's like emergency, you know, it's contained in this time. So that's another technique. Now you could try all of the things I'm telling you, and they may not work. And when that happens, it's because you're just dealing with someone who's completely like irrational and they're just they're just trying to start a fight with you on purpose yeah i definitely doing all that they're just trying to argue (laughs) yeah yeah i know right now where we're at like it's not good and like our communic like our communication level is not like i don't i mean we've had poor communication but we're not even like I can acknowledge i'm not at a we're not at a place right now where i could go home and be like hey let's set up a weekly time where we can talk but like i that is a good idea like if we when we get to a point where it's more appropriate for me to try to like introduce that that is a good idea you could if you're worried about you know how do I even bring that up you could even say something like you know the other day I know I said this and I feel like maybe uh, um, it came across like I was attacking you or something I really don't want to do that you know because that's not fair to you she could say it that way if you try all these things I'm telling you with all this like humility and willingness and it's not working, it's just because he's not going to let anything work. I'm telling you. So you're, I can tell that you're, um, you take ownership of your part, which is really great. And you're even a pretty good listener. Cause I saw you even use reflective listening with me. You were like, so what you're saying is, so you're using a lot of good skills. <laughs> you're using, I'm watching you use them. So, um, all you can do is your part and then other than that he can get mad and it may just get to the point where you know he's gonna get mad but you're gonna say hey you know another hundred dollars i don't i don't know what the deal is but you just say it and then let him let it simmer you and you're not trying to start a fight 
but you also can't just ignore it either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, darn it. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Let's see. I will got a few more minutes, so I'll scroll through here and take just a couple of more questions. Um, uh, let's see. We have a question right here from Earthen Soulchild. Um, I've heard of it. My husband is an alcoholic, but I also have a hard time understanding it because he's a narcissist. Yeah. And I do have a video on the channel um, that is directly related to that. And I think I said earlier, I'm actually going to make a little short about that. But um, the difference is, is what is the goal of the behavior? And you can kind of tell with an addict that the goal of the behavior is to support the addiction. Even if it's the same behavior, you can see what they're trying to get at, which is which is just different than when it's a narcissist. I mean, narcissist is going to start a fight with you when you're not jumping to their every whim, when you're not paying attention to them, when you're not. And that's not what an addict's trying to do. An addict's trying to like sneak and get by with and that kind of thing. Looks the same, but different. My dog's going crazy. Um, Amy says, um, do addicts do this with all the shady stuff they are doing? Do they, are you saying, do they do the, the Darbo? Are you saying, do they do this related to every shady thing? Um, no, it's just one of the techniques. <laughs> and and you may have seen this, Amy, but I have a whole, I have a whole playlist on manipulation tactics. This is just one of them. And, and this one is really like that combination effect of them. So sometimes they use different tactics, other manipulation ways. So, um, it, and usually the people that do this, what they're doing is I call it like the puffer fish method that I'm just going to get really angry and spiky and I'm going to train you not to call me out on things because I make you walk on eggshells. There are other techniques, like maybe they make you feel really sorry for them or they make excuses or, you know, there are other ways to do it, so. Um, George, Georgia says, Darbo is common in the interrogation of criminals. Um, I don't know if you're like me, Georgia, but my uh, like side thing is I love to watch true crime. I don't know why, if this is like twisted or whatever. But I love to watch interrogation videos, which you can watch right here on YouTube. And um, you're right. You can see um, you can see Darvo when maybe the person is caught and they're trying to explain what they did. And then they try to like be like, they made me do it or I had to do it because and they sort of put it back on someone else. They don't necessarily try to do this to the police officers. Um, and not that I have police experience, but I've watched a lot of these videos. Um, they don't try to darvo the police officers, but they may try to convince the police officer that someone else really did something to them and they couldn't help it or something like that. Usually in interrogation, they, they try to play really calm and really cool. And that's really what gives them away because like if you're being accused of murder, you're not going to be calm and cool. So it's like they're trying to keep it under wraps. And when they do that, it keeps everything under wraps and it's not natural. Um... Amy says, my sons want us to leave them alone most of the time. We want we want to stay connected, but don't want to cross boundaries. But should we be calling, texting, et cetera? Um, that's a really good question. And, and I get that a lot. Like, should I reach out to my person, if, especially if the person's not, like, not in the house? And if they are in the house, what I would say is um, try to make whatever interactions they have with you, for the most part, positive. And so... 
and one way to do that is to um, not talk about heavy topics all the time. I'm not saying never talk about it, but if you're easier to talk to and they're not scared that like they're always in trouble or, you know, that you're always upset with them, that'll train them that maybe they do want to be around you more. So you may have to sort of back up and um, work on the relationship. So if they're not there and you're texting them, sometimes I'll say, yeah, sure, text them, but text them a, a funny meme or a dog picture or, you know, when Aunt Sally did last week or something like that, that you can kind of connect on that that's not saying like, I'm not here to try to attack you or judge you or whatever. I would try that. And and sometimes they just don't want to talk to you no matter how nice you are and that happens. And if they, they literally say, stop texting me and don't call me, then I would respect that. Um, Scarlett says, my son continues to lie. He lost his job a couple of days ago because he was drunk at the interview and he continued to lie to me that he hadn't drank. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's just that flat out lying. He's maybe not trying to make you be the bad guy here, like a Darvo technique. This is just a, um, maybe even a little bit of gaslighting or something going on here, making you think like, why are you accusing me of that? So the thing to remember here is Scarlett, you don't have to prove a case. I told you I watched true crime. You don't have to have evidence. You don't have to prove a case. And I don't suggest that you try to do that. I don't suggest that you try to get him to admit it to you because he's just going to dig in and then start a fight. And then you might get like the Darvo technique coming at you. So you know what you know. You don't have to get him to admit it. And he know and he knows too. So it's just a power struggle at that point, trying to get him to say it. Um. Powder River said he lied 99% of the time, and 1% of the time I called him out by mistake. He acted offended um, that I could even think that thought. Yeah, that's kind of an example of of Darvo. Um, it's not too much of an attacking example, but it is. It's a, it's a it's maybe a milder version, I guess I would say. I can't believe you would say that to me. It is kind of a, though putting the um, himself in the victim role and you into the the bad guy roll. All right, everybody. It's been awesome. Um, thank you so much for all of your willingness to have conversations with me. Those of you who came on here live, it takes a lot of guts to do that. And um, not only do I appreciate it, but all the people out there watching who can benefit from it, they appreciate it too. Um, if you would like to support this channel, there are lots of ways to do that. Every time you guys come over here and watch me live or you like a video or comment on a video, or leave a super thanks or, or in our membership or share video you're you're helping to support us and we really appreciate it i'll see you guys next thursday at one eastern